Well, let's turn in our Bibles to Matthew. Matthew chapter number 25. Matthew 25, go to verse 14. And we're going to read from verse 14 to 18. We can stand for this as well. Let's read it together. Matthew 25, verse 14 to 18. Okay? We're all there. Close to there. Okay. And let's read it together. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same, and made them other five talents. And likewise he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And without further ado, let's pray and then open up and then you can be seated. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that you've given me. I pray, Father, that uh, it would not go uh, without being unheard, but also, Lord, that uh, you would use it uh, for your honor and your glory, Lord, in, your, in the hearts of your, of your uh, students. I pray, Father, that we as your servants would see the need and that we would see how, how much of a responsibility that you've given us. Help us to be faithful servants to you, Lord. But also, I pray that you would just speak, to, speak through me, speak to the hearts of your students, and even uh, just help us to apply all of this that we're about to see. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So, students of God's word must bring forth profit. Profit. It's a good word. <laughs> the parable that Jesus spoke of just, uh, just before this parable here was about the ten virgins. Five were wise and five were fools. And then the idea of that parable was mostly salvation. Now, this idea that he's talking about here in this parable is about faithfulness and profitability. So after salvation comes profitability, right? And as Christians, we know that a profitable Christian is a successful Christian. That's what a profitable Christian is, a successful Christian. The Bible shows us through principles that success is knowing and doing God's will. All right, plain and simply put, it's knowing and doing God's will. That's what a successful Christian does. So today, I hope you are in God's will. The only way to do God's will is by faith. And the reason why we know this is because throughout the Bible, four separate times, God says, the just shall live by faith. Right? Four times through. So, just like these servants, we too are servants of God. Now, I'm not telling you new revelation. I know you know this. You've been in church for a while. I know you've heard many of these terms. Uh, because the Bible not only outright says it, but uh, some of the theologians, when they look at this, uh, this parable and they've looked at these talents, they estimate uh, one talent. Anyone want to take a guess how much a talent is worth? I, I looked into it. Sorry? 20,000? 20, 20, uh, try going a little higher. 
So according to some theologians, uh, it's apparently, th there's different terms and different currencies that you can get the money, uh, the amount uh, worth, but a lot of them say it's about 16 and a half years worth of wage. If you take that into account, in BC today, that would be about $850,000, one talent. And I was thinking, wow, just imagine what we could do with one talent, just one. If I only just had one talent, man. Okay, so the question comes in now, who owned these talents, right? Because in this parable, who owned these talents? It's kind of an obvious answer. It's kind of a rhetorical the master. The master owned these talents, right? The master was super rich. So now, who ended up owning the talents after that the servants made those talents? Because the servants were the ones who made those talents in the end, right? But who owned those talents anyway? It was the master, because he owned the servants in the first place. So whatever the servants made, he also owned. Now, those are still the master's talents. Now, each one received talents according to the evaluation of this master as well. We see it in verse, in verse number 15, to every man according to his several ability, right? The master would have been unwise to give the five talents to the one who didn't do anything with it, right? He wouldn't have been the wisest master out there. So, um, does this master know what he was doing? Well, we know that this master is a picture of Jesus Christ as well. So, in this parable, we are presented with three different personalities. The question is about the servants, whether they had any idea what they were doing. And I want to ask you as Bible college students, you may see yourself in these three different types of servants. I'm going to outline them. I'm going to try and outline them. They have three different types of personalities, and perhaps you might have struggled with some of, the, uh, some of the things that they have felt. I'm first going to try and outline them. So the first type, the first type of servant is the servant that realized his weight of responsibility, the one with the five talents. Okay? In verse 16, here's what it says about the first one. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made them other five talents. So... How did he get his five talents? Well, he traded them. He doubled his talents. And uh, what he did was he went out into the marketplace. He worked out his salesmanship uh, expertise. And he traded. We're told that he even doubled. He even doubled his uh, outcome, his profit. He was a profitable servant right there. But you can imagine as well, this servant knew that he had received the most. You realize that the second servant... Even if the second servant doubled his talents, he would not even have come close with the amount that this first servant had. Because the second one, how many did he receive? Two. And if he doubled it, what would he have? Four. And four is less than five, right? So this first servant was already richer than the second servant would ever become. You can imagine that perhaps he, he wrestled with pride. He knew that he was good. He knew that he was given much more than the other servants would ever have gotten. See, the thing is, perhaps he had realized what he's been given. And that 
weight came with a price. Perhaps what he realized was that he's been given much more responsibility than the other servants were given. Take a look in Luke chapter 12, verse 46. Turn with me to Luke chapter 12, verse 46. This servant, he made his transactions count. Now, in Luke uh, 12, 46, we'll, uh, it's uh, 46 to 48. It says, the Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers. And the servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will, shall be beaten with many stripes. But he that knew not and did commit things worthy of stripes shall be beaten with few stripes. For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall be much required. And to, and to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. I think this first servant understood the weight of responsibility. He's been given five whole talents. He had to do something with it. You see, this servant recognized he had a greater responsibility. I think a lot of times we, even coming into Bible college, we are given a lot of talents. Believe it or not, uh, talents, I mean, things we've been given just straight out of you know, our families. We didn't earn them. We were just given them. Okay? A lot of times, we come with many things, many good things that we can use for God's glory. Uh, perhaps we are good at singing. Perhaps we know how to design. Perhaps we know how, how to run. We know how to be athletic. We know where we can uh, put our strength to work in, this, in the church. We know how uh, to organize or something. We've been given talents. And then there's other times where we've been given scars. We come to church and we, uh, we come to Bible college, excuse me, and we come with scars as well. We come with burdens and things that we weren't able to necessarily put away. But those things in the end can still bring profit to God. Now the thing about this is that we still bear the weight of responsibility. This first servant, he was that leader type. He is the one who understood that he's been given much, and now much is required of him. Of everything that he's been given, he needs to do something with it. He held the greater weight of responsibility. Knowledge of the Bible that you've been taught, things that you've been given. The teachers in your Bible college are not giving you knowledge flippantly, just, you know, just uh, go put it on a Wikipedia page or something. No, it's not like that. We're giving you knowledge so that you can use it for God's glory in the long run. It's not something that we're giving to you just because, you know, you gave us money or something. This is important information that needs to be turned into wisdom to use for God, for profit. See, when somebody is given much, he's also required from uh, others look at that person requiring more from them. Think about it this way. If Michael Jordan wasn't Michael Jordan, 
would the NBA be the same? When the ball was given into Michael Jordan's hands, his team expected him to score. When the Chicago Bulls were watching, when Chicago was watching Michael Jordan in the playoffs and he had the ball, people were requiring of him to score and to lead and to win. It was abnormal if Michael Jordan didn't score 30 points in a game. It was abnormal. His quote, you've probably heard it many times over, I've missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost almost 300 games. 26 times I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. People expected Jordan to do something with what he's been given. The same goes for you. Your parents, when they allow you to go to Bible college, it's because they are expecting something of you. Your pastors, when we give you knowledge, when they pass you knowledge, when your teachers pass you knowledge over, they don't expect it to just dry there. They want it to go out and do something with it. So that is the weight of responsibility. A college student who understands that the talents, the many talents they've been given, they need to now bring profit out of it. Now, let's go to type number two. Type number two is the servant that was wise in his potential. The servant, this servant, he was in the middle. He was that, the, the middleman, so to speak. He would watch and learn. He didn't waste what he's been given, but he watched. Because, let's go back to Matthew here. Go back to Matthew 25. Okay, and verse 17, it says, And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. Now, likewise, that word likewise, um, it could be that oh, likewise, just like how the first one got five, well, he got two. Or it could be likewise, the one who traded, well, the second one also traded. Okay? I'm just going to go with the second one for a moment here, if it was so. He traded. So let's say he did learn from the first one. The first one, he went, he had five, and he traded along, and then he got five more. Now the second one, perhaps he watched the first one do it. And he learned that from the wise people, from the people that go before him, how they did, perhaps he learned from them. And the same applies to the Bible college student here today. You know that many Bible college students have gone before you. They've graduated and they've turned their life. We don't know. Sometimes they've turned, it li turned their life for the good where they're still serving in the ministry and some have turned it for the worse. You have Bible college students even here today. Some of them are Brother Ivan. You have Pastor Tim, who's been there also. And you have Pastor Silver, Pastor White. We've all been to a Bible college, and we've all gone before you. We still have a lot to learn, mind you. But we still have also wisdom that we can teach. Take time to gain wisdom from people around you. From the missionaries that come here, when a guest preacher comes, don't let that opportunity 
just go and pass. Okay? Take a look. Uh, keep your finger on Matthew because we're going to come, but keep coming back in Matthew 25. But go to Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, verse 29. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before mean men. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? He shall not stand before kings. He, he shall stand before kings. Excuse me. He shall not stand before mean men. You see, it's those people who stood beside the wise men, who grew from those wise men. Seest thou a man diligent in his business? Those are the diligent ones. Take time to gain wisdom from, from, the, uh, from the older ones, from the wiser ones. There's a story that is told of a young man who wished to marry the farmer's beautiful daughter. He went to the farm to ask his permission. The farmer looked him over and responded, Son, go stand out in that field, and I'm going to release three bulls, one at a time. If you can catch the tail of any one of the three bulls, you can marry my daughter. The young man stood in the pasture waiting the first bull. The barn door opened and out ran the biggest, meanest looking bull he had ever seen. So he decided that one of the next bulls had to be a better choice than this one. So he ran over to the side and let the bull pass through uh, the pasture out of the back gate. The barn door opened again. Unbelievable. He had never seen anything so big and so fierce in his life. So he stood pawing the ground, grunting, slinging, slobber as it, uh, as it eyed him. Whatever the next bull was, it had to be a better choice than this one. So he ran to the fence and uh, let the bull pass through the pasture out of the back gate. Now the door opened the third time. A smile came across his face. This was the weakest, scrawniest little bull he had ever seen. This one was his bull. As the bull came running by, he positioned himself right and jumped at the exact moment it passed by, he grabbed it, but the bull had no tail. Bummer. Don't let an opportunity pass you. Take time to gain wisdom from those who come by, from the missionaries that come by. They have so much wisdom. They've gone through so much. Surround yourself with that. Surround yourself with the good godly people that you know are following God so that you can draw closer to God, so that you could be a successful Christian, a profitable Christian. Don't waste it. Don't let that opportunity pass you by. Now, there's type number three. This is the servant with the wasted opportunity. Perhaps the servant had the saddest of all testimony. The servant that didn't want to take risks the servant that wasted all the time that he's been given, the servant who was foolish, instead of walking by faith, he just produced talks. He just produced excuses. 
He just complained and made excuses and produced nothing. And notice how he went about it. Uh, you're in, uh, back in Matthew, chapter number 25. Turn over, and it says, excuse me, I don't have the verse here, but. Oh, here, verse 24. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not strawed. Uh, notice how this servant is talking to his master. He's calling him a hard master when the two other servants were able to produce. At this point, the master could have stopped him and could have interrupted him and said, am I not merciful enough to you? Didn't I say my grace is sufficient for thee? And that all things are possible with God? But the servant continued with his excuses and he uh, says it in verse 25, and I was afraid and went and hid thy talent in the earth. You see, the irony of this whole situation is that this servant thought because he had gotten so little that he didn't have to bring profit to the Lord. He continued his excuses by saying that he was fearful and he compared himself with the other servants. And then finally he says it in verse 25, Lo, there thou, uh, thou hast that is thine. So, now looking at the whole story, you know that the master came after a long time. It took long enough time because the first servant, he was able to double his wages, or uh, his talents, excuse me. The second servant was able to double it as well. And there was enough time to do it. But this last servant, he had one talent, but he only produced excuses this whole way through. You know, as Christians, we don't really have excuses we can't really come up with proper excuses at the last, uh, the last day of judgment. See, the Holy Spirit has been given to us and His power is there for us and it's guiding us constantly. We have been, given, uh, we have been forgiven of our sins, therefore we don't have a burden. No more are we destined for hell either. We live today in a connected world as well with so much technology to just gain wisdom and to use for God's profit. We have information ready and we've been given God's word fully canonized, inerrant, and fully inspired. So what possible excuse would hold water when it comes to why we didn't do the Christian thing? Why did we were unsuccessful Christians? I don't know if you know about this, but back in 2008, you know, the recession and everything. But Zimbabwe also got hit really hard, okay? Uh, they went through something called hyperinflation. And what ended up happening is that they started uh, producing different denominations of currency to the point where they got to a bill that was a 10 million Zimbabwe dollar and then 250 million Zimbabwe dollars and then 5 billion Zimbabwe dollars, and then 100 billion Zimbabwe dollars, okay? So, it hasn't stopped. 
2020 rolled, and uh, guess what? Can you take a guess how much 50 Canadian cents is worth in Zimbabwe dollars? This blew my mind. Okay, 50 Canadian cents is worth five quadrillion Zimbabwe dollars today. Five quadrillion Zimbabwe dollars, okay? Quadrillion is 15 zeros. 15 zeros. Jared, can you wrap your mind around that? Okay. So, take into perspective this. Where did the servant's time go in the end? Because there was so much time given to him, right? And he had just as many resources. He just didn't, he just didn't have as many talents as the other ones. But where did his time go? He spent more time coming up with excuses than he spent time trying to invest this money and to trade this money and to bring profit to, the, to his Lord. And likewise, there are too many Christians where we, take into a, we don't take into account how much has been given to us and then how much we get distracted by this world. A lot of times, we spend more time doing things in this world and thinking that we're being a success, well, when in the end, we bring our 50 or 5 quadrillion Zimbabwe dollars into heaven only to see that it's practically worthless. A lot of times, we do works on earth and may only produce excuse when God is asking us, what did you do with the time I gave you? What did you do with the resources I, I had passed you on? So, let's conclude it. So I just outlined you three different types of servants. And I know, I read in, read in between the lines and everything. But nevertheless, perhaps these were things that had passed by through the minds of these servants back in that time. They had a lot of time to think about it. But I want to ask you, which one are you? Are you the one who realizes the weight of the responsibility that you've been given? Are you the one who sees the people who have gone before you and are pressing still toward the mark? Or are you the one who's decided to bury what you've been given and just wait till your life is over only to produce nothing in the end? See, the difference between the last servant and the first two is how they went about obeying their master. How they went about obeying their master. Because... How do we show faith? Through obedience. Through obedience. You yourself are called to obey God and obey God's word. Even once Bible college is done and you're off into the world doing whatever God has called you to do, you still need to be bringing profit to God. That's your successful Christian life. That's a successful Christian. Somebody who's still bringing profit. Somebody who's still obeying God. Be a success. Be obey, obedient to God. If God tells you to witness to someone, just do it. If you feel that tug in your heart when you feel uh, that longing to see your friend to get saved or your coworker to get saved, that still small voice in your mind is nudging you to find a place to talk to that coworker. Do it. Maybe it's about proper scheduling. 
Maybe you feel like you're not scheduling your Bible reading and your prayer properly, uh, prayer time properly. Perhaps you're waking up too late, not having enough time to do any of those, spending time with God. And perhaps after the day is going through, you forget about doing those things because you're distracted with your everyday life. You can still have prayer time and Bible time after you get home too, you know. But do it. Perhaps you've been struggling with making a decision for God. Maybe God has been calling you to full-time ministry. Maybe God has been calling you to step up in your Christian life to do something that you've never been unsure of, uh, that you've never been sure of. You don't know if it's whether the wisest step or whether it's even God calling you or if it's some feelings that you're having. I ask you, just pray about it. Ask your pastors, ask your teachers. We're here to help you. I'm just going to start uh, end this with this last quote from A.W. Tozer. A.W. Tozer uh, said this quote, and let it be also our prayer as we end it. I am thy servant to do thy will, and that will is sweeter to me than positions or riches or fame. And I choose it above all things on earth or in heaven. I'll repeat it. I am thy servant to do thy will, and that will is sweeter to me than position or riches or fame. And I choose it above all things on earth or in heaven. Amen. I'll close up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for the students and for their intent listening. And I pray, Father, that it would have indeed uh, spoken to their hearts. Perhaps they'll be able to apply it. Perhaps you'll bring it to remembrance uh, throughout this week or throughout some time in their life. But Lord, help us and remind us always that we are working with your resources. These times, talents, and treasures are not our own. They're yours, Lord. Help us to use it for your profit, for your honor, your glory, not for ourselves. In the end, it's when we do it for ourselves, it's worthless. It, it's, it has no value. Help us to do something, something that would last for eternity something that will be building your kingdom, Lord. We thank you and, uh, for all that you do in our lives, and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.